being Latino, you are naturally a mix of a lot of different ethnicities, races, etc. So yeah, it's just this constant conflict of like you being something, but then society telling you otherwise, and then constantly feeling like you feeling like you have to prove yourself. So, but it's interesting though that you don't listen to society when it comes to your blackness, but you do when it comes to your Dominicanness. So, what makes you more confident in your blackness? That's a great question. And you know what? I think it's because I've always been embraced by the black community and my identity is never questioned by the black community. My identity is always questioned by other Latinos. Same. Mi gente, dímelo, dímelo. What's good? Welcome to another episode of the Quien Eres podcast brought to you by Plural. You already know it's your boy Pavel bringing you another special episode of this award-winning podcast that's in the top two percent of all podcasts globally and that's because of y'all so i just want to say thank you for listening and to continuing to help us on our mission of redefining professionalism as you know we just launched a new series this year called thursday thoughts and i know what you're thinking yo but it's saturday i want to apologize for the delay of posting this episode it's been a rough week y'all i've been in my feelings been a little bit depressed overly anxious and that's why this episode is delayed that said it's black history month and this is a very important topic especially in our community this week we are tapping the homie and head of partnerships at plural samara again to help us on this conversation she helps add a different perspective as a brazilian people forget how big brazil even is just the pure size of the country and you'll probably be surprised to learn later in this episode how many people in brazil self-identify as black we even get into the history and the roots of how many enslaved africans were even sent to brazil i was shocked to hear the stat more specifically about the u.s let me put this into perspective in 2020 there were about six million Afro-Latino adults in the United States that made up about 2% of the U.S. population and 12% of the adult Latino population. There's actually been an increase of people self-identifying as Afro-Latino and Asian-Latino. So on this episode, we, we talk a lot about identity as it relates to Black History Month. We ask some deep questions like, do you identify as Black? you identify as Afro-Latino, Afro-Latina? What about if you're filling out a survey or an application? Do you check black? Do you check mixed race? Oof, I'm not gonna lie. It's an uncomfortable conversation. And the first few minutes is us talking about how and why it feels so uncomfortable to talk about this. Anyway, enough of an intro. Fuck, this conversation? Making me nervous. But what, what about this conversation, I guess? Identity makes me uncomfortable because I always feel like, all right, identity is such a weird thing. Like it makes me uncomfortable because on one side, we can't necessarily tell people how to identify. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I feel like I've been going through my whole life, people telling me how I should identify. <laughs> so it's weird as fuck. Yeah. Like Cardi B has this quote that's always stuck with me. It says, like they were asking her about her being Afro-Latina mm -hmm. and she says something along the lines of clearly I wasn't made from two white people fucking. Right. And I thought that was so perfect because it was like by her saying I'm Dominican, like by, by me saying I'm Dominican, I always thought that people assumed 
by being Dominican, they know the history of Dominican Republic and they know that I'm black. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But I've always growing up, I found it uncomfortable saying that I was black because one people told me I wasn't, but it wasn't from like a like slavery history of a cultural standpoint. It was more so just from like a skin tone standpoint. Like, as Meek said, there's levels to this. So right. the sh- shade or color of my skin wasn't the darkest. I don't even know how to explain it. Right. Like even me talking about it feels fucking uncomfortable. But like, all right, who's like a a dark skinned person? Eddie Murphy, Akon. Let's pick Akon. I'm not the same skin complexion as Akon. So growing up, like, if you wasn't the skin complexion of Akon, you weren't called black. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's created this like weird identity situation where it's like, well, am I? Well, am I not? And they're like, no one in my family were like saying they were black. Everyone just said that there was that they were Dominican. But that's just like a Latino and Caribbean thing. Like everyone says their home country of origin. Yeah. Okay. So it sounds like I'm defending myself now. No, but like skin color, right? We're talking about skin color. Yeah. In my family, my like pet name is Neguinha. Really? Which literally translates to little black girl. I would have never guessed that. Because my mother is fair skin and of more European descent. But my father is not. My father is indigenous and African somewhere in the lineage. Though they never admit that. But that's where I get my color from. And so what do you my mean, brother... What do, you mean they don't, my, what do you mean they don't admit that? They do not claim or accept or acknowledge their blackness so my brother and sister are fair skin so like they they have like lighter complexions so like when you look at me my brother my sister like i do very very much stand out especially once i'm in the sun and like all the time all the time like oh neginha like it's it's like my pet name like that's what my mom calls me and I've never taken it as offensive or whatever. Like, it's not derogatory by any means. But I, I can't help but, like, laugh. Me? Okay. Like, sure. But I think there's also a really big difference between American Black, Latin American Black, and African Black. And that doesn't really get acknowledged. So I personally don't feel like Afro-Latina. I don't really know what the Afro-Brazilian experience is because that's not where I grew up. That's not the culture I was in. And we were talking about it. Brazil has a huge population of Black people. There was a stat that came out from the North American Congress on Latin America. And we have 215 million people in Brazil. And 56% are Afro-Brazilian. 56? 56. So 120 million people are Afro-Brazilian, which means that we have the largest number of Black people in the Americas. You know what's crazy about that stat? Like, do you think it's probably higher than 56, but some people just don't admit it? Yes. Yes. It's probably probably like... It's probably like 65 or 70%. 1,000%. But you would never know it looking at the media. 
because the media in, is in Brazil? extremely whitewashed in Brazil. Yeah. Extremely whitewashed. So you wouldn't. And and like we're a melting pot. Like we have a huge Asian population, a huge Lebanese population. We have more people, we have more Lebanese people in Brazil than the entire country of Lebanon. There was this actor that had this bar. I don't I don't remember his name. He said, listen, like we all came from the same place. They just dropped us off at different places. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, they were like, yo, just because they dropped me off in Cuba, you and DR and you and in the US, we all came from Africa. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's the other thing. When you think to how large Brazil is as a country, that's where the majority of enslaved black people, African people were taken. Quantify for us. So there is, according to... Princeton, of the 12 million enslaved Africans brought to the New World, so the Western Hemisphere, 5.5 million people were forcibly taken to Brazil. So literally, like, it was almost half went to Brazil. Wow. It's just a, a wild experience because we have, like, Bahia and Salvador, which is a very African-centric place within brazil like think of atlanta for us (laughs) (laughs) like it's it's a like that's that's like mecca you know like that's where a lot of black people are and throughout the atlanta of brazil (laughs) we got a whole state you know but um yeah salvador is very much like that so it, it, but you just don't see it. And that's what I mean. Like the, the black Brazilian experience versus the black American experience are two very different things. And I can't say that I relate to the black Brazilian experience. And to say that I relate to the black American experience is, is hard to say. Culturally, I do. But obviously, me just existing in this country, I do not experience it the same way a black person or a darker skinned person would. So there's levels, do, there's levels to this, right? Yeah. Like says. For you as a, a Dominican, do you identify as Afro Latino, Afro Dominican? And what does that actually mean for you? That's interesting how you put it as far as like, I don't identify with being a black Brazilian and the way that you put it was essentially like, I don't live in Brazil. So it's weird for me to call myself an Afro-Brazilian. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as we talk about these things, I'm not saying how, like, we're not saying how all Brazilians should feel. We're not saying how these right. people should feel, that people should feel. We're just talking about our own personal experience with mm-hmm. identity. You know what I mean? And Which is so people... personal. Exactly. So personal. Yeah exactly it's very personal so i just want to preface that as you asked me the question i just started using the term afro dominican or afro latino what prompted you to use it i think it was being discouraged from seeing other people that look like me or even people that are darker skinned than me a lot of people even within like the dominican community not acknowledging the history or the roots of the country Which coming is from what? Africa. Here's, here's an example. Like my friend took an uh, ancestry DNA test or one of those tests, right? And his results came back like a mix of, it was like 30% West Africa, 30% Spain and 30% Native American. 
And I was like, dog, you paid for that? I could have told you that shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but I, f- I feel like so many people, they overemphasize the bloodline coming from Spain versus coming from Africa. Like, I think many people would say, like, they're 80% Spaniard. You know what I mean? Mm. So I think me starting to use the word in that identity was more so me claiming it outwardly and telling people, like, no, there is African in our history, in our culture. So it was part of that. But I think I didn't use it for so long because I thought it was already implied in me saying I'm Dominican. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't I never thought I had to explain that. But it the more that I had conversations with people, I noticed that other people didn't even know that and didn't acknowledge it. So if it were implied by you saying that you're Dominican, does that therefore mean that every Dominican is Afro Latino, Afro Dominican? That's a great question. And it's something that I struggle with because my mom asked me the same thing and I had no answer for her. Because she looked at my light-skinned abuela and was like, well, does that mean abuela's black? And I was like, damn, mom, that's the first time you ask me a question I don't got an answer for. <laughs> I don't know. Grandma, go come spit in this cup and send it to Ancestry DNA so I can get your results. I don't know. You, you know what's fascinating, too, before you go? Like, my grandma has, like, eight siblings. And Dike, same mother and father. Mm-hmm. But if you look at the siblings... Yo, I'm telling you, they go all the way from fucking Eddie Murphy to fucking Katy Perry looking like mm. skin tones. And I'm like, yeah. that tells I don't, that that says a lot. But also, I started asking where my grandma's family was from. My grandma's father was actually from St. Thomas. Oh, okay. And I was like, oh, shit. I'm like, wait, they wasn't Dominican? I haven't seen <laughs> pictures of them, but I'm starting to like dig into a little bit of like, wait, what did my great grandparents look like? Where did their family yeah. look like? And going down the line of even like, you know, we're not going to have pictures of all of them because technology, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Within the Latino community, there is a lot of colorism mm-hmm. that happens. And I think the story of the Dominican Republic is usually a place where that's highlighted with different things, even like the whole concept and idea of pelo malo that comes specifically from saying hair that is textured you know in a certain way is not good and there's a phrase of like and to like have this and you know there was an ethnic cleansing if you would against the haitians Trujillo ordered the death of thousands of Haitians. Did you know about how he, his test? Go for it. Tell me. I mean, he would like go into villages and towns or whatever. The the way that he would determine if you were Haitian or not, well, obviously a certain skin tone, but he would make people pronounce words where you had to roll your R, like carro. Wow. But that goes into like, you know how many, I have friends, Dominican, that can't roll their R's. So Mm -hmm. in the, in the ordering the death and, and cleansing of thousands of Haitians, he killed many Dominicans as well. Yeah. So it's at the end of the day, where does this come from? Colonialism, slavery. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just a brainwashing that happens. And, and we talk about racism in the United States. Obviously we live in the United States, but that's prevalent everywhere throughout, you know, Latin America. And even here in Miami, we talk about Miami's a majority minority, you know, city, 
because 76% of the population is Hispanic or Latino, ethnicity-wise, yes, race-wise, still white. Yeah. Still very, very white. And, and here wealthy. it's it's majority Cubans. And it's very interesting because when you look at the Cubans in Cuba, the image that you see is a lot of Afro-Cubans and there's a lot of black people. But in Miami, like the majority of them are white skinned. And there has recently been a lot of conversation around the treatment and acceptance of Cuban refugees versus Haitian refugees. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there, there is a very common um, narrative that I've heard time and time again, not from every Cuban by any means, but enough that I've picked up on it that, you know, Cubans came to this country and they did it the right way. And, you know, they weren't given any handouts and they started their life over from scratch and built it from nothing. And all of this talk about, you know, if I pulled myself up by the bootstraps, so can you, it's, it's a really tricky conversation that I feel as though our community does not have enough because it, it, it really seeps in far. So let me ask you a question. If you're, let's say, applying for a grant of some sort and mm. you get that question, how do you identify? You're not checking the black box? I usually check the mixed race box versus like 100% I check the Latina box. Hopefully it's there because if it's Hispanic, then I'm like, well, technically I can't check it because Brazilians are Hispanic. (laughs) Because for those that don't know, the definition of a Hispanic is somebody from a country of Spanish speaking origin. Right. Which Brazil is not. So I'm Latina, but not Hispanic. But to check the box for black, I do hesitate. What would make you feel confident in checking that box? Like, do you need ancestry DNA to be like, yo, 30%, you could do it. Maybe, maybe, like I'm verified, huh? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like what percentage would you need to see for you to be like, yo, all right, listen, if anybody comes, I got receipts. That's a great question. I don't know what that number would be. Do you have a number? Or do, I check do you it check you check it already? I check mm. it already, yeah. But I check it, but that's not to say I don't have insecurities around it. First of all, I'm already insecure about my Dominicanness. You tell me you don't think I'm insecure about my blackness? Like I always say I'm terrified to have a child. I mean, besides my daddy issues, but like I don't I don't think I'm going to be Dominican enough for my child. Yeah. Do you think so, do you think you're Dominican enough now? I'm insecure about my Dominicanness. No. In what areas? On a are scale you, are, are you a bad dancer? Whoa. No, I mean it's just like levels. Like whenever I get a haircut, I don't feel Dominican at all. Because my barber's on a ten. I'm compared to him, I'm like a five. I mean, it's one of those things like we're having a conversation and Somebody at the shop is like, yo, you, you Dominican? And then the other barber was like, nah, but he's he's the, oh, yeah, but he's the American Dominican. You know what I mean? And that just, like, kills my, it just goes straight to my insecurity of, like, yeah, gringo over here. Sorry. <laughs> so what would make you feel more Dominican? Talking Dominican. As much slang as I know in English, 
if I knew that in Spanish and spoke confidently, it's definitely like a language thing. Not Spanish language, but more so like the Dominican slang language. Mm-hmm. Like if I could go back and forth with my barber and like confidently going, like saying all the right things, that would make me confident. Isn't it crazy though? Like this is all just like men trying to impress men again. <laughs> <laughs> And, and that's it. If you could speak more Dominican Spanish, you would feel more Dominican? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. Wow, that's so interesting. But, like, I know more of becoming artists in English than I do in Spanish. Like, I can't tell you who's popping off in DR. You feel me? Bad bunny. Like, no, 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 no. But, I'm, <laughs> but like, stop it. But that's that <laughs> popping up everywhere. But, like, he could tell me, like, El Alfa's third cousin who has, like, this mixtape. But, like, that type of level of DR shit. Yeah. There's also just like knowledge about Dominican Republic that I don't necessarily know. It's mm-hmm. like, oh my god, I'm going to DR. Where should I go? I don't fucking know. Go to TripAdvisor. I have no clue. <laughs> like I don't when have was, those when references. Was, when, was, when was the last time you went to DR? I went to DR slightly before the pandemic, so okay. I've gained a little bit of knowledge. But it's just different. Like even when he's telling me about certain towns or like where my family's from, I name general areas. It's like, yo, where's your family from? Manhattan versus Washington Heights. It's an area within an area. I tell the mm-hmm. more general area. Yeah, yeah, You feel me? Like, so yeah, I don't, I don't really feel, I feel Dominican depending on the circumstances. And like who Such I'm, as? I feel Dominican based on proximity. Like. To other Dominicans. If I'm chilling with my friends, I would say I'm probably the most Dominican one. If I'm chilling with my barber, I don't feel as Dominican. Mm. Do you feel your, are your friends Dominican or no? When you're saying. They are Dominican. Mm-hmm. Actually, you know, it's interesting. One of my friends, one of my really good friends who's Dominican, he actually recently took an ancestry DNA test and he's always had this like, I don't know, identity conflict. Like his mom is Dominican, but his father's white. And he took this ancestry DNA test and he found out that he was actually majority spaniard Mm. and majority insert other european ancestry than actually dominican and it that was this interesting thing of like people telling him that he should be claiming black because he's dominican meanwhile he takes his ancestry dna test he finds out that actually he's majority european and going back to your question i asked you around like what percentage do you need to see to feel comfortable in calling yourself black Right. For him, now it's an even more identity crisis because now you're getting this data back and you're just like, oh, shit. Now do I still say I'm black? It's fucking right. tough. What I was going to yeah. say about saying that I'm black, too, like even checking the boxes on certain things. I used to feel strange and insecure about checking the box from like, let's say, a speaking engagement or being featured. The other day, VH1 featured me as like, mm-hmm. I don't know, black black voices you should follow or black voices and a part of me when i saw that i was like damn am i taking did i take a spot away from somebody else who is blacker than i am that was like a story that i was telling myself mm, that's deep i mean even now like i pitched myself all of the speaking engagements that i did last year were mostly led by contacts that i had within latino employee resource groups so Okay, you feel comfortable now checking off 
the box to say that you're black, but you don't feel Dominican because of the language. So why do you feel black? It's not that I don't feel Dominican. I feel Dominican. You, you feel less Dominican. I've always known that I'm black, but society tells you that because I'm of a certain skin tone that I shouldn't be claiming to be black. I should be claiming only to be Latino. But mm. being Latino, you are naturally a mix of a lot of different ethnicities, races, etc. So, yeah, it's just this constant conflict of like you being something, but then society telling you otherwise. And then constantly feeling like you feeling like you have to prove yourself. So, but it's interesting though that you don't listen to society when it comes to your blackness, but you do when it comes to your Dominicanness. So, what makes you more confident in your blackness? That's a great question. And you know what? I think it's because I've always been embraced by the black community and my identity is never questioned by the black community. My identity is always questioned by other Latinos. Same. Um, Same. I had this experience at Facebook, actually, where and this experience changed my life at Facebook. It was a really difficult time during my first year. And my boy was telling me, he was like, yo, you need to go to this event called the Black Community Summit. They fly out all employees that self-identify as black to headquarters. And they just have like a summit of three days, internal event um, with a couple external speakers. And I was like, I was telling my boy who's who's black. Um, I think he's Jamaican, actually. I was like, I don't know if I should go. Like, again, sharing my insecurities about me saying that I'm black. And he was like, don't let them divide us. Mm. I was like. I just feel like within our community, it's, well, well, were you born there? Well, do you speak the language? Well, do you speak the language well? Well, like, how many artists do you know? Well, like, this, this, and that. It's like constantly having to prove yourself. And I never felt like that within a Black, non-Latino community. Agreed. Agreed. So much. There are a lot of times where I would feel more comfortable in a majority Black environment than a majority white environment. You mean like majority black non-Latino? I guess we have to specify now, right? Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's get super specific. Yeah. So in a um, black non-Latino environment compared to a Latino environment? No, not not even that specific. There's there's two, right? So just in general, black, whether Latino or not, versus white, whether Latino or not. Clicking down to, okay, let's make it black non-Latino versus white Latinos. There, I think I, I, it depends because with, with, with colorism also comes classism and that's probably a whole different conversation, but yeah, I, I think that it is very welcoming and I've been in majority black spaces and felt welcomed in high school. I had a friend who was like, yo, you should come to the step team. Like, come come try out for the step team. And I was like, the step team? What's that? <laughs> and she's like, yeah, you know, like, stomp the yard. And I was like, oh, okay, that's interesting. Like, let me go. So I go, and it's a room of, like, 30-something Black girls. And then it was me and one other girl who were not, like, Black or, you know, darker skin. And I never really thought about it. Like it never really crossed my mind. And I joined the step squad and stayed with it my entire high school career to the point where I became team lead. And then I became like a junior captain. And my, by my senior year, I was captain of the step squad. Get the fuck out of here. I would have never, I never knew that. Yeah, I was good too. We were good. 
Oh, yeah. And as the years went by, we did get more and more diverse. And, you know, like the first year was, again, it was like probably 30 something of us and only two of us were not black or like dark skin. And by the end of the, you know, my senior year, we had Latinos in there, we had um, white people in there. They started off as mostly girls. And by our senior year, we even had like a couple of Jamaican dudes in there. So. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Let it was me dope. some more in a former life step team. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. So that's what I mean. I, I, proximity. I've, I've always felt comfortable. I've always felt welcome by different black communities yo that's that's the craziest like i i didn't think about that until you mentioned it like when you asked why do you feel so comfortable acknowledging that you're black but not acknowledge not so comfortable acknowledging that you're dominican that Mm -hmm. is mind-blowing shit that's the deepest question i think i've been asked in the past couple years make sure you journal about it tomorrow morning and i'm so glad you also took time to just like reflect on it too because it's yeah, yeah, no, it's 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 deep, and and it's also unfortunate. It's something that I, something that I also want to journal about is just like, why do we do this to ourselves? Why do we create so much? <laughs> I, I don't want to say why do we create so many walls when we talk about Latinos, but um, <laughs> like in that barbershop moment, why couldn't my boy who's a barber at the shop too be like, yeah, he's Dominican? Why did he have to put the qualifier on there to be like, nah, he's American, but also, you know what I mean? Like, why can't we just, like, embrace each other with open arms like the Black community does for us? We talked about it. Colonialism. By keeping us divided, they keep us not in power. Because if we truly come together as a community and forget the labels, the Hispanic versus Latinos, forget the skin color, forget the classism, if we really rallied together and moved forward towards a common goal, we are the majority, but it doesn't help the people in power to advance that. So they're gonna find any and every reason for us to pick one another apart. And if we're so busy down here, arguing with each other about whether or not you're a no sabo kid, we're not, we're not taking time to actually tackle the things that matter and have the conversations that matter. Like it has to be collaboration over competition. And right now we're all just competing against each other because the white patriarchy has led us to believe that there's not enough room at the table. There aren't enough resources for all of us, that not everybody can make it to the top. And we know that's not true. Mi gente, that wraps up this week's episode of Thursday Thoughts. If you enjoyed what you heard, please do us a favor, like, share, comment, leave us a rating and review. Your engagement is going to help ensure that these stories and experiences are heard by more people because that's how we're going to redefine professionalism. See you next week.